Well, if you've got uh, your, your bulletins or your version app open or whatnot, you can just kind of follow along. It's going to be uh, a little bit different. Uh, this week is a family service, and we're so glad to have the kids in with us. Um, if, uh, if, uh, if you have a little one and a little baby, and uh, uh, including uh, mine, <laughs> if it uh, cries, I think it honestly is kind of fitting. Um, I, I don't, uh, you know, we sing uh, No Crying He Made, uh, but that's not scriptural. <laughs> um, I guess somebody just assumed uh, that uh, Jesus being the Son of God uh, got born and was just a smiley perfect baby. Um, have a feeling there was some crying in that, uh, in that uh, uh, <clears throat> manger scene. And so uh, we are we're fine with that. We uh, love having the kids in with us. And uh, so we're just uh, just glad to uh, to be celebrating this as a um, as a family. Uh, we are going to finish up right here with a with a series. This is our fourth week in it on a regifting Christmas. Of course, the regifting concept is uh, often considered a little mildly tacky. You know, you get a gift and uh, maybe it was not exactly what you were looking for, and you find an opportunity to uh, rewrap it and pass it on to somebody. Hopefully. Not the person that gave it to you the first time, and uh, so you uh, pass that gift on and uh, re-gift it. Well, that this whole uh, concept is the fact that we have been given the greatest gift ever. We've been given the gift of Jesus, and that we get to and should re-gift that. We get to pass it on. You and I have received the gift through thousands of years and thousands of miles. It has made it. From one person blessed by it to another person blessed by it. And all we're purposing to do is to make sure we're not a dead end. That we are just going to keep that going forward. Hopefully you have your little uh, gift tags from last week. uh, That we had um, uh, encouraged you to write down some names of some people that are on your heart. That are maybe kind of disconnected from God. Or or maybe have uh, um, maybe never had a relationship with God at all. And in January we're going to purpose to... uh, create an environment where people are really comfortable that they can come and they can hear the truth of the fact that um, that they that there's a savior for them that they need one and uh, that jesus has, has done that on their behalf and so we're just you're hopefully everybody's continuing to to pray through this holiday season pray through the new year for those uh, that are on your heart um, but again this uh this is the gift that is right to re-gift and sometimes when we think about this, we think about the fact that, you know, why? Why, why, why? Why did God have to present his salvation plan through a baby, through a child, through, through a human? And uh, <clears throat> kiddos, have y'all ever, y'all familiar with the, with the, the story of the, of the little birds? Anybody get a bird for Christmas? Any of y'all get a little bird for Christmas? All your parents love you. <laughs> you did not get a job for Christmas of taking care of a bird. Well, um, there's this old story that I've heard multiple, multiple times that there was a, it was Christmas fell on a Sunday just like it did today. And that there was this uh, <clears throat> older farmer guy that had a family, and he had just never connected with God. He just didn't understand this whole Jesus thing. He wanted his normal family tradition, his wife and his kids to, to be there with him on Christmas morning and for them to do their, their, their normal thing that they did. But uh, the wife and kids wanted to do what they normally did every Sunday, and that was go to church. 
and the wife had been trying to get him to go to church, and the kids had been talking to dad about going again. All right, somebody knows what to do. This is part of being portable, folks, that uh, we need to go talk to the manager and have them turn that off. So, there we go. Guess what? It's not Santa Claus that was coming to town. We're here to talk about that God was coming to town. And he showed up in that manger. And that's what we're, we're here to talk about. But we get back to the story. So, the dads, the, the, the mom and the kids, they pack up and they load up and they, they go to church. And the dad's kind of home sulking. He's back home on the farm. It's a cold, wintry, blistery, nasty morning. And he's honestly, he's kind of, he's kind of pouting a little bit and, and just not understanding. And he's not understanding why the, his, his family is so into this church thing. He's not understanding why they're not with him on Christmas morning. He's just not understanding. And as he's sitting there in his living room and he's, and he's just pouting about it, then this bird comes and hits his window. This little bird comes and hits his window. And he looks out the window and the little bird, he kind of stunned and gets up and flutters around. And then another little bird comes and hits his window. And so there's multiple little birds just kind of flying around. And then he sees just these birds flying everywhere. And the wind's blowing and the the snow's kicking up everywhere. And he he remembers that he has uh, the barns fairly fairly available. So he goes out and he opens the doors to the barn. Because these birds, it's cold. They want a warm place to stay. So he's feeling compassionate. It's Christmas. And so he goes out and he gets some bird seed and he gets some seed stuff and he puts it out on the bottom of the barn and he opens it up. He cranks up his kerosene heater and starts warming the barn up and has that open. But the birds, they won't go in there. So then the birds are all kind of in the snow and they're huddled around and he's feeling bad for these birds. Thank you all for doing that, managers, if you're listening. Um, and... Uh, so the, he's feeling bad. These birds are huddled around. So then he tries. He's going he's gonna to herd the birds. So he's going to herd them. And he starts kind of moving towards them. Well, Miranda, what, what do you think the birds did as he's kind of moving towards them? They flew away. It freaked them out. It scared them. It scared them. So they flew away. And he's got, these, he's got this warm place. He's got this food. He's got everything prepared. And then here are these, these little birds. They just they keep flying away. So he would back up, and then he, he, he would sit there waiting, and he tried over and over and over again, and now he's getting cold. And finally, he steps back, and he's like, you know what, how can, I, how can I fix this? And he said, you know what, if I could just be a bird, then I could talk to him, and I could tell him, guess what? It's warm in here, it's safe in here, there's food in here, follow me into here. And as he thought about that for a minute, all of a sudden, what his wife had been telling him and people had been telling him all along, it made sense on why God would send Jesus, why he would make him bring himself to earth through his son and be able to then be in an approachable form, in a form we could listen to and he could teach us and he could bring us there. That is what this Christmas celebration, this Christmas morning is all about. Is that God 
came to us in a form that we could identify with. God <coughs> connected and came to us <coughs> as a child. And see, part of us fully embracing the gift that we get to give is to treasure and remember and to keep all that comes with knowing him. This is one of my favorite, favorite pieces of the scripture. And uh, having a newborn, uh, an infant in the home again uh, at this time of the year and watching my wife just hold her and cherish her and the way my kids interact, it just made this come all alive all over again. And so here we are. Now, before we read this, I want, us to under, I want us to think about this again. This is a young lady who said yes, who said yes to something that had never happened before. She put her entire future and reputation on the line, and she had a choice. God did not hijack her body. He presented the opportunity through an angel and gave her the opportunity to say yes or no. And she said yes knowing it was going to be hard to believe, knowing that there was going to be some ridicule, knowing that she was engaged to a man who knew he wasn't the daddy, who knew that everything had been going right and doing things had been handled correctly, and that if he really wanted to push the letter of the law, that he could have the death penalty used on her. And she said yes. So here God says, you're going to have a child. So then, of course, we, you know, it's, it's, it's God. So you're like, okay, well, all this is just going to click. This is going to be awesome. These things are going to go all right. The, this angel's talked to me. Angel talked to Joseph, convinced him he all's cool. And then it comes down to the wire. It comes down to the wire. And, of course, you know, anybody that's been praying, there's the whole nesting thing, you know. This thing where everybody's been cleaning their house, getting ready for Christmas. Man, I tell you, Mary had to have been like on turbo. I mean, she's like, this is the first Christmas, the, the, her first child. Everything had to just be spotless. Everything was ready. And then they have to leave. They have to journey and go to this other town because some foreign tyrant is forcing them to do it. Some government they don't even like to begin with. It's forcing them to do this thing. And they have to go to Bethlehem. So she's full-on pregnant and having a journey. Nobody likes to do that. So then there's that one strike. And then they, they get there. And then, of course, you know, the favor of God. The favor of God is, is, is supposed to be on her. And so surely there's going to be a place to stay. Surely. Surely. And they show up in Bethlehem. Go to the inn. There's no room. But Mr. Innkeeper, Mr. Generous, says, Guess what, pregnant lady? I'm not going to get out of my room. Um, I won't give mine up. But, we have, you know, we've got the, the empty stable. Um, you're welcome to that. And so she goes into the stable. And there's no telling what kind of concept she had of what the birth of this child would be like. But I guarantee she was not anticipating a stable. She was there far away from her friends and relatives. She didn't have her Aunt Elizabeth with her, who was kind of had gone through a similar experience. She didn't have her mama with her. She didn't have anybody holding her hand. She'd never given birth before. 
She's a young woman. That She's in a foreign place, in a stable, going through this experience by herself. This was not what she figured when an angel showed up and talked to her. This was just not the plan. This is just not what she anticipated. She's going through, and of course she knows she's giving birth to the king of kings, and who shows up? Who shows up? But some shepherds. Some shepherds, just some common folks to come. And that's who's there at that manger scene. We already talked about last week, the wise men showed up later. They weren't in the nativity scene, even though we throw them in there. And so here it is. Mary has got all this, and she's holding, holding baby Jesus. And she's taking it all in. And let's look at Luke 2, 19. It says, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. In the middle of things, not being exactly or even remotely close to what she thought that they would be like, she found the treasure there. As these shepherds come up and say, You know what? There was a a ton of angels showed up and talked to us about this. She's taking that in. She's remembering what what was spoken to her by the angels spoke to her. And she's taking it all in. She is finding the precious in the middle of the stuff she didn't anticipate. I also like the way the Good News translation looks at it. It says, but Mary remembered all these things and thought deeply about them. And Luke, that same verse in the New King James Version says, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now see, life is going to come. There's going to be some things that maybe we don't understand and maybe we don't like and maybe we didn't think the plan was going to work out quite like that. But as we go through, there are some things that we just need to keep, we need to remember, we need to treasure. And in this holiday time, That is what I'm wanting to challenge you with. This is the last Sunday that we meet together in 2011. Next Sunday is January 1. We get to fellowship and join together first day of the year. I love that. But this is the last Sunday. I guarantee you there's some stuff of this year wasn't on your radar. You didn't plan. There's some stuff of this year that you'd have rather things had gone in a different way. But I want to challenge you in this moment to say, God, stir me up fresh. Show me the things that I need to treasure. Show me the things I need to remember. Show me the things that I need to keep from this year. Allow the rest of it to just kind of pass on and grab on to those things there. And one of the key things that helps us in our place of treasured remembrance is this thing we're about to do together called communion. And hopefully as you came in, everybody received the, uh, uh, our little portable communion thing. If not, we've got plenty, and uh, uh, we'll make sure that everybody has that taken care of. Um, does anybody need one of these? Does everybody need, anybody need one? All right. We've got some... Uh, Keenan, will you help out with this, buddy? Rooster? All right. If you'll just raise your hand and kind of get Weston's attention, he'll take care of you. 
Well, I think this is such a beautiful, beautiful thing for us to remember because we're about to take in the first element, the, the bread. And uh, let's look just scripturally at some things uh, that have to do with this bread. Let's, <clears throat> John 6 covers a lot of it out of Jesus' own mouth. And Jesus says in verse 33, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He's talking about himself. In verse 41, he says, All this the Jews began to, to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. In verse 48, he says, I'm the bread of life. You think he's kind of making sure we get this? It's been repeated multiple times here. Now let's look at verses 50 through 51. It says, But he is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Luke 24 says, and when he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks, broke it and began and gave it to them. And then at this point, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. This is the, after his uh, death, burial and resurrection. This was on the, the road to Emmaus. That he continued to reveal himself through this element of the bread. Now, <clears throat> we're, I'm really praying that this morning, that this is a significant time for you in communion. And I'm praying that God reveals something special to your heart. I had uh, um, uh, heard this story, of course, in uh, uh, Mexico. They have the, the Yucatan Peninsula. And uh, there was about the story about this uh, tour guide. Now, I don't know how true this is, but it works for our purposes this morning but that uh, a uh, uh, a uh, um, tourist was asking this tour guide what does Yucatan mean doesn't sound like a normal Spanish you know word and he says you know well it's not Spanish it's from uh, this um, from the Mayan dialect and when the uh, <coughs> uh, Spanish people showed up and uh, that they were asking the the native Mayan people what does what is this land called? And they responded, Yucatan. And so they named it Yucatan. But supposedly in Mayan, Yucatan means, I don't know what you're saying. Because they asked in Spanish and the Mayans couldn't speak that. They said, what is this called? I don't know what you're saying. Oh, hey, weird now in, I don't know what you're saying. Welcome to I don't know what you're saying. And so when you don't understand, when, you, when you're missing the, 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 uh, <clears throat> the true uh, understanding of what it is, you're, you're not going to get the fullness of it. So what I want us to understand here before we get into communion, we want to make sure we're not crossing languages here. We're not missing anything. And uh, when we look at where Jesus was brought, obviously his parents weren't from Bethlehem. They had to travel to Bethlehem. It had been prophesied, so it was the fulfillment of prophecy, that the Messiah would come out of Bethlehem and be, uh, be born in Bethlehem. 
But what on earth does Bethlehem mean? And if I was to just ask you that, you might tell me. I don't know what you're saying. Well, Bethlehem literally, this isn't figuratively in the Hebrew language. And I have my brother-in-law who can back me up on this, who teaches Hebrew. And uh, that uh, Bethlehem literally means house of bread. Bethlehem, house of bread. So here where uh, our bread that was going to give us life, where we are about to, uh, to partake in remembrance, in this emblem that reminds us of Christ's body, of Christ living and dying and resurrected again, that he was born in a place called House of Bread. Now, what I didn't find out till recently, that a very similar dialect, there's the uh, Aramaic and there's the <coughs> Arabic and Hebrew, all have a common origin. Or all Semitic languages. And the Arabic version of Bethlehem, they change a vowel. And it's bet lam, And that means, literally means, house of flesh. So here, depending on the language that was going on, because a lot of the New Testament was written in Aramaic. And so, which is another, was the, that third language. That depending on what language is it, that no matter which way you looked at it, this incredible significance of where Jesus was born. House of bread. House of flesh. We are now taking in, going to be taking in together in just a moment, this bread representing the flesh that was presented on our part. I also love, and it's just amazing to me, amazing to me, folks, that the God of creation was laid in a makeshift crib, and that makeshift crib was a manger, was a, was a feed trough for animals. Well, here we are in Luke chapter 2, and as we move on down <coughs> through Luke, we run into Jesus telling us the parable of the prodigal son. And the pivot point in that story, the change-up spot in the story of the prodigal son. It's when this prodigal has turned his back on daddy. He's gone away. He's, he's living on his own, thinking he can handle everything. And he gets to this place where he's a hired man. And he is slopping hogs. He is feeding pigs. And when he gets to the place that he desires to eat... What's offered to the animals, what's presented in the lowliest of low, is when his heartbeat takes a shift. He says, wait a second. My daddy's servants live better than this. And he decides that he's going to turn back to Papa God. You know what? You don't get much lower in life. I don't care what spectrum of the world, what place, whether it's Park Avenue or some... <clears throat> back remote place in the in a jungle or a desert or wherever it may be desiring to eat from that spot is as low as you can get i love it that god presented his son in that place to say and you know what at your lowest of low you can turn to me there so here this morning 
I want us to just take that in. That God just loves us so incredibly much. I want you to just peel this little cellophane back. And we're going to take communion together. And celebrating the Savior. If you'll peel the, uh, the foil back, the pink foil. And it'll reveal the, the juice. And as we take in this wafer, ah, let's remember that God loved us so much that he sent his son. A physical flesh and blood son. Presented in a manger. Grew up. Became a man. Lived in perfect obedience to the Father died on your and I behalf and rose again physically we're remembering that this morning heavenly father we thank you for the gift of your son God here on Christmas morning Lord that the rest of our lives are meaningless heavenly father without this peace Lord this is the foundation and Lord and we thank you Lord for giving Jesus we thank you, Lord, for presenting him to us. And, Lord, we just, we just bless you. Lord, we take it in fresh. In Jesus' name. And that baby grew and spilled his blood on our behalf. The Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And that was why Jesus came, to reconnect us with Father. That was why he came. So that the sin issue that stood between us and him could be dealt with and we could have connection again. We could have fellowship again. You were created to be in fellowship and connection, be a friend of God. That's what you were created for. And our disobedience and sin got in the way. But the blood of Jesus was enough. And our faith in that is what makes us right before God. And we take that in this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the life that you alone give. God, you are so good. Lord, we thank you for this blood and we take it in now. Remembering that we stand right before you on this Christmas morning, not because of anything we do on our own, but because you did it for us. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we have uh, have brought the kiddos in this morning. And uh, they uh, blessed us last week with a uh, little last Sunday with a little happy birthday, birthday Jesus party. And um, so as we go out of here, we want to uh, go out of here on a, uh, a little bit of a, of a festive note. Um, I want to roll this little highlight reel from last Sunday. It's just uh, it's a short little thing, and then we want to pray and uh, just uh, be, uh, be dismissed. But I want to I just show this for the kids. Kids, thank you all for doing what you all did last Sunday. You can roll it.
Well, that was a lot of fun. We appreciate the kids that were able to be a part of that. And uh, uh, just uh, children are a big deal here. I just ask that we just stand up. And um, and we're just going to go out of here. I just want to pray a special blessing over everybody. And um, we're just going to go ahead and, and be dismissed. Heavenly Father. God, I just thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for sending Jesus to us, Lord, that you stepped in and you changed everything. 